0: Hey Bob.
1: Hey Nicole. So excited to have you along to help me re-energize the "Men Becoming Better Men" podcast. I mean, it's been good so far, but I, what, what I really want to do is make a deeper impact with my brothers who are struggling with shame, loss, anger, purpose, and respect.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? We are going to start speaking about those harder topics that you just mentioned, and the topics that some podcasters may shy away from, you know, but really need to be heard, like the inner child. And how addiction is taught through abuse.
1: Yeah, and while bringing both the male and female perspective, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, totally agree with you. So with that being said, buckle up, men. Grab a notebook and a pen so you can gather some tools, tips, and success stories on the Men Becoming Better Men podcast.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Men Becoming Better Men podcast. I am your host Nicole Harmony and my co-host Bob Wisher is not going to be joining me today because I have a very special guest that I want to introduce you to. He has been on an incredible journey and I have been able to witness it and been included and I'm so grateful for that by the way. And uh, just you know without further ado you know his name is Grant Majors, he is a serial entrepreneur. Grant and I have known each other almost 40 years. We went to junior high and high school together. And when I was creating this container for men, he was one of the ones that I reached out to, to interview. So we reconnected about a year ago. And he has, like I said, he's been on this incredible journey and he has found his bio family after 50 years. So without further ado, I'm going to introduce to you Grant Majors. Grant, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good, Nicole. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for joining us and for sharing your story. I know that you're a private person, so I'm very grateful that you're here and you're sharing your story with us today.
1: Well, I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Thanks. Thanks very much. So,
0: yeah,
1: where would you like me to start or how would how you to <laughs> this off?
0: How would you like to start? Like what what actually encouraged you to start to find your bio family after all of these years?
1: Okay. Um, So yeah, I was adopted at birth, you know, like most uh, adoptees. um, uh, Both my sister and I were adopted different families and kind of we grew up into uh, uh, what I would would define as a leave it to beaver household. It was, you know, Mm -hmm very fortunate that way. That's not always the case for a lot of adoptees. And um, so my parents were really good about making sure that, you know, we grew up knowing we were adopted, kind of what that meant and um, what our relationship with them w- was and and like as a parent-child relationship. But then also always encouraging us to be mindful that, you know, we had a family out there in life and, and, um, that had to give us up. And in that a, you know, they always encouraged us that if we ever wanted to find them, if we ever wanted to seek them out, that they would support that. Um, so, you know, I'm probably around the age of 18, I, I, you know, adulthood, 18, 20, I really started to, um, desire to, to kind of make that connection with them and find my bio family. And when you grow up adopted, there's an enormous amount of questions, emotions, things that, you know, kind of swim around in your head and inside you that you try to, you know, try to fit these puzzle pieces together in in your own mind. And uh, as such, you know, there's a little bit of a hole there that you want to get filled.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. How incredible that you had such supportive parents, adoptive parents that was really encouraging you to find your bio family and to be able to connect with them and then let them know that you did have that additional family out there that loved you, but just, just couldn't, couldn't raise you the way that they wanted to.
1: Right. Um, So, yeah, so that kind of started the journey. I I started the journey then Um, I pursued finding my biological family for, you know, you know, 30 plus years and, um, really with no luck. And, um, I'm in Texas, like, you know, as you know, and, um, Texas is a closed adoption state that makes it very difficult uh, to unseal records and, and to find out any kind of information. Um, but, uh, and just as luck would have it, I'd really reached a place after, you know, 30 years where I finally had given up and said, OK, this must not be meant to be. And it's OK. I I'd, I'd reached out to some attorneys to try to unseal the records and they let me know the probability of, of that working out for me was really low. And so I mm-hmm. kind of at that point, said, all right, well, maybe I should just take my hands off this and, and let it go. Um, And till one day, but I'm, I'm telling you, this is. Five months later, or maybe let's see, yeah, maybe five, six months later, my parents' friends, family, life friends that we all grew up with together, they decided that they wanted to do my dad's genealogy, and they do genealogy research, and he had a really incredible one. And so they were doing his, and they said, well, why don't we do grants? And you know we'll have him you know spit in a tube and get his DNA sent off and see if uh, anything comes up. And I was skeptical. Because I had done 23 and me and didn't have any luck uh, years prior, maybe just 10 years prior. And, um, but we did it. And so we did it through the ancestry.com. And, um, well, and after that, the rest was history. I got the results back and was able to make connections and was literally able to find all my family members within four days.
0: Oh my that gosh.
1: Results, which is, <clears throat> is mind blowing.
0: That's incredible. I remember you telling me the, the story of driving past your mom's house, your by a mom's house, and getting out of the car, <laughs> going and knocking yeah. on the door, being met with her son.
1: <laughs> yeah, so what was ama- you know, what's amazing is and I, I I didn't know this, but apparently it's it's happens more often than not. Um, you know, for instance, you know, in my case, you know, being born here in Dallas. Um, turns out my bio family just, uh, you know, they grew up just down the street from where we went to high school, Nicole. And, um, the majority of that entire family, the exception of a few, uh, still lived right in the area. So I literally, my whole life was around them. Um, uh, I think I told you my sister actually went to junior high, had a year overlap in, in junior high with one of my cousins and I have a cousin that's, um, you know, another cousin that lives a quarter mile from where I live right now.
0: Oh my gosh. Uh,
1: Even at one point, uh, when we moved back to Dallas years ago where I was living in North Dallas, um, I lived a mile, maybe a mile, mile and a half from where my, my, my biological mother and her family were living. So (laughs) we could have crossed, we could have crossed at the Starbucks or at a grocery store and uh, would, would have known it, but we were all really that close together. And so it's been fascinating.
0: Wow! Wow, that is just so incredible. And tell a little bit about the uh the generational trauma that you've discovered, like with your your bio father.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, I think this, you know, this is kind of why I was interested in talking to you about this because I I know you know I've followed your your podcast and your journey and what you're trying to accomplish and which is to be applauded. I I think that. Um, you know, we, I have often, often talked to other adoptees and it seems like adoptees have, um, a lot of subconscious unknown trauma that exists that I think we're aware of it at some level, uh, but it's sometimes hard to identify. So, uh, I don't know that's a little bit of a vague description, but because it's a vague feeling. And so it's it's a it's a hard thing sometimes to put our finger on and articulate. Um, but there's always a there's always this degree of absence in your life. There's something just missing that wasn't there. And even though I grew up like in a really great home and you know I've got a wonderful mother and father, you know I grew up in a loving house, and I wouldn't change any of that or anything. There's still this part of you that's not complete. It's not whole. You don't know where you came from. And and that's a missing when you're out with your friends and there's you know hey you know yes I'm Scottish Romanian and you know you're like, you're like okay I have no idea what I am you know but it's okay I appreciate it you yeah. know people tell me you know I look this way maybe um, but you know you really don't know so there's always this emptiness and it's always going always it's always kind of there and I grew up because my parents were so excellent about. Um, keeping my family uh, identity as someone who's adopted and been having an identity to my biological family at some level because um, they always kind of kept that active, which was great. There was always a part of me that wondered about them, um, particularly my biological mother more than any. So I did have what was called de-identified information that you can get from your agencies. Um, and that'll tell you like their height, and their weight, and their hair color, and eye color, and even interests that they might've had. And usually it'll go great grandparent deep and you can learn a lot about the family that way. And I could tell from the de-identified information, I had an idea of what happened. I had an idea. um, There was just, there were some journal entries and there was some negativity coming from the biological mother. And you could tell she was arguing with her dad and you could just kind of typical, what you would expect in a teenage relationship. Um, So when I, you know, I had all that information I kind of already knew. And so I'm, I'm filling in these blanks in my own head uh, growing, you know, growing up. Well, um, you know, as you said, you know, I, as uh, you mentioned a minute ago, I just, once I learned where she lived, I just, no time like the present, you know, it's been, it's been a long journey, 50 years of wondering and 30 years of looking. And I, I just drove over, knocked on the door. Of course, she wasn't there. Um, And I, I just to kind of give you guys some, background before i I talk about some of the trauma I had found out that I have uh, five uh, five half brothers a half sister um of course I found my mother um I have un- aunts and uncles and cousins and you know people on all sides um, my biological father had passed away three years ago i, I give her t- no I'm sorry about five years ago I think it was about two thousand and eighteen if i'm not mistaken um and so <clears throat> People were they would share. You know, as I, I was meeting with everybody, they like to share the information, and they've been very open and loving and accepting of me, and wanting to fill in blanks, which has been great. And again, that's not always common for all adoptees. You know, a lot of adoptees don't have that positive experience, and and um, and so it, it can be difficult. But I was fortunate that way where I did, and and finding that out, I learned there was just tremendous amount of. Trauma and hurt on both sides, on the mother's side and the father's side of the family. Um, some really deep scarring things that for the sake of their privacy, I won't get into too much detail there. But but what I but I will tell you is that as you and I have talked over the years and and, and gotten to know each other in a lot of my own spiritual study over my life, um the concept of uh biblical generational curses and things that are transferred down, not just spiritually, but then as we've grown to, to learn more and more about the human nature and condition that it's also can be locked into your DNA. That kind of struck a chord with me because it was more than just what I grew up with in my parents. Yeah. Cause when I would hear about that in the past, I would think, okay, well, I grew up in a good family. I don't really feel those things. When people would ask me about certain things in my life that were difficult and relate it back to that condition of a generational curse or, or something like that, I wouldn't, it wouldn't resonate with me because in my mind, it was something that was more of an environmental structure, like growing up with an alcoholic father, and then you become an alcoholic or something of that nature. And that really wasn't my case. And so it just, a lot of it just didn't, didn't um, connect. And, but as I started getting deeper into that understanding and looking into the genetic the genetics as they're passed down and how that trauma can be held and stored there. That kind of got me thinking. And so that takes us back to where I spit in the tube. So I spit in the tube I off. and I'm skeptical. I'm totally, <laughs> skeptical. in fact, they had to badger me a little bit just to get it done. It was, it sat there for like a week or week and a half the kid did it on the table. And so I, I mean, <laughs> I was just spending some time in prayer, and I was listening to um, a pastor that I follow. Uh, and man, he just—it was funny—he just came across one of my feeds, and I've never heard of this guy before. So I'm always listening to new people, picking up uh, different ideas and thoughts, and assimilating them into my own belief system in terms of where I feel as a Christian and how I feel they like fit. Um, and So I'm listening to him, and he is just you know preaching on this, and I'm like, and he's talking about generational curses and how you know how we spiritually stop generational curses, per, or curses and what and how God works with us to do that and and I started thinking, I'm like, I don't even know what mine are I'm like mm-hmm. you know I, I don't have any i mean how do I even go about that 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 thought and then I, I- just like just you know downloaded into me like you ought to speak to me he's like, well, you don't have to know God knows." Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if you know what they are specifically or not. It's not something that you have to say, stop this that's happened to me. You know, this X, Y, and Z, this thing in my life that's a generational curse, you must stop this A and then B. It was, you no, know, God knows what they are. And, mm-hmm. and so you don't know the prayers to Him to break these. And he knows what they are. So I did. That's what I prayed. I just prayed that they, they, you know, they stop with me. They stop now. They're not fast to me. They're not fast to my kids. You know, this is over because my relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit of God dictates that. And that's, that's who I am now as someone who is renewed. And the next day, my DNA results show up. Mm-hmm. Two weeks Two weeks early, my DNA results show up uh, the next day. And as I'm looking at them, the first four, no, the first three names are all the same last name. And so I I knew I had something there. And um, it turns out the first one was one one of my half brothers. And so we connected and kind of the rest was history from there.
0: Mm. God, What an incredible story. And just praying the night before just really showing how God shows up for you. Right. And being able to break that generational curse, you know, those, those generational traumas that you knew were living inside of you, you could feel it, but you didn't know what they were. You didn't have, you couldn't, again, like you said, you couldn't pinpoint it to an alcoholic father. And so they need to become an alcoholic, not that you're an alcoholic, or not, but you couldn't pinpoint it to anybody well, specifically. Right.
1: Yeah, no, I could not, and and the those are just more of those gaps that I think adoptees struggle with because yeah. we don't have that history. It's kind of like you know, where you take this, and um, that's where you take it. You know, you take it to the father. That's where you take it, and yeah. so uh, that's you know that's what I did, and um, you know it's just been. A, amazing journey so from that point once i met my my half brother and then my, then i talked to my half sister and they want to help me find my mom and because they're on my dad's side and it's just snowball and then i meet aunts and all of a sudden i'm able to find one of my aunts who was my mother's sister because i had a sis uh one of my my mother's sister had married my father's brother and so they were all still connected at some level and so i was able then to find my mother and as I got into learning about this history in this family, there's just so much pain. I mean, there's so much pain on both sides. from um, brothers and sisters and uh, my mom and aunts, and you could just, and you could, they're all carrying it. And uh, what's been amazing is now, since we've done this, there's just a tremendous amount of healing across all of them. I mean, mm-hmm. I watched, my, I watched my, my, um, my, my, my half brother tells uh, we go and meet i met my half brother for the first time a few a few um, weeks ago and uh, he he and then i called my half sister to tell her about our meeting and how much you know fun that was and she goes oh my gosh you know he called me and he said he said she goes, you look just like our dad and she's like you know she he said he said but the thing is he goes he was like you know what it's like being with a good side of our dad
0: mm-hmm. it's like
1: you know he was it was like it was a different experience for him and, and, and having him. And he was so nervous when we met and he told me, he goes, I was so nervous because he goes, you look so much like them and the, your mannerisms and the way you talk to me. But it was all positive it was as if it was the things that they were wanting out of their dad. And that only is possible because I was adopted and raised by a great family. Yeah, I may not have turned out that way in my circumstances. And and. You know and then i i had another I had an aunt who was forced to keep a secret for over 60 years
0: mm-hmm.
1: and oh, through gosh. the genealogy i had a question and asking her she just broke down in tears and said i've been praying whether or not i should tell you this and she was like i've held this secret for over 60, you know for over 60 years she's 80 years old now and and then she was able to release that um and then on my mother's side there's been healing and healing from her i mean heal you, I can. You can see a, a depression lifting, and she told me that you know that's how she has been for many years, and 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 now the things that she was using to cope with her depression, she doesn't feel anymore since mm. we connected. She's already, and you know we're she's always smiling and laughing when we're talking, and it's just you know, and it's so these are the kind of things that have opened. It hasn't just been a curse that's been lifted in my life or in but when breaking these hurts, it, it expands outwardly. It's the ripple effect and and it starts expanding to others and providing them healing. So, um, you know, it's not, it's, it's something I'm really glad I did. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I try to encourage other adoptees to, to consider it. It's not an easy decision because it's not always, it doesn't always turn out this way, but I think there's always healing in it at some level, especially for the adoptee when we can learn, and fill that hole, that void of the unknown that's part of this.
0: And that's a really good takeaway because, you know, I have a couple of clients that are adoptees and their, their stories didn't end the way that yours did. So what is one thing that you would tell people that have not had the same success story? Like, what is, what is something that you can tell them?
1: Well, first of all, Share with them. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm a part of some, uh, some various, you know, social type groups online that are adoptees and I see the stories and hear the stories as people are sharing and it's heartbreaking. You know I mean? Uh, My heart breaks for them because I know the holes that are inside them and relate. And I think it's important for adoptees to connect with other adoptees to know that they're not alone in those, in those spaces, Mm -hmm. because uh, when you have that hole, there's not a lot of people you can, completely communicate or have empathize with you to really understand, you know, I was fortunate. My sister was adopted. And and so we kind of had that, we had that connection and could once in a while talk about it. I mean, not a lot, but I wouldn't, like I said, like I just said a minute ago, I think that healing doesn't just occur because there's a good outcome. You know, sometimes it's just the absence of understanding that's causing the pain. And then when we can get to the place of understanding, even if that understanding still has some is still negative at some level or has some hurt in it, it allows us the place to start the healing because the healing can't occur if you don't know what you're healing. Yeah. And so even in those generational curse type structures or things where you try to go and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like it's a fit, you get rejected, or there's there's not just abandonment, there's more abandonment or there's more rejection. But now there's some. There is. It's not. It's not a a ghost that's out there. It's something that's tangible to you that you can now start begin to work with in your own healing and start to identify it and structurally, structurally understand it and and um, uh, walk in faith with in your in your healing. And then ultimately, you know. I, ultimately, I, you know. You know. These are these are the type of things. These are things in life. I think not like unlike other things. That we don't always understand or accept, you know, things like disease or, you know, uh, lo- you know, loss of loved ones or things that we just can't seem to say, okay, God, why this? You know, at some point, at some level, healing begins when we just give it, give it to him. Surrender. We really did. And that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened, right? I, I quit looking. I surrendered. I said, I'm okay with it. I got to a place and said, well, I don't know. I, I'm going to have to give this to you if anything's going to be healed. You heal it, God and that's when things changed
0: Mm. Mm. beautiful when you were talking about uh the abandonment that's you know that's a big that's a big one for adoptees because the the womb you know within the womb that child felt abandonment you know because the mom was starting to have the anxiety. I'm going to have to give up my child, you know, and the abandonment wound can start in the womb. And if people are challenged with abandonment and continue to create scenarios of abandonment and they don't get in touch with their, their bio family, not 100% healing cannot happen until they actually connect those dots. Would you agree with that?
1: No, I agree. And, and my, my biological mother and I've shared, she shared stories with me. Um, it's kind of interesting on you know, that connection about me and the woman that she would talk to me, she would identify yeah. with me when she was pregnant. Um, kind of just a side antidote. That's kind of cool along that one. Back then, obviously this is in the seventies, early seventies, not to date ourselves. The, the, uh, when I was born, the doc, the nurses just you know whisked me away, and she never even got to hold me. But she said she heard me cry, and she said that that cry like imprinted on her. And she and she said that when we first talked, when she answered the phone, and she said the first words when I said hi and started to introduce myself, she said she instantly knew who I was before any of the conversation began, and she equated that to the imprinting of that cry to my voice now that there's something spiritual, there's something that's connected and, and she just knew. And, uh, and I could hear it in her voice. Like as she said, hello, you could just, you could hear the change in her voice when she heard mine and, and just kind of like, you could tell she was a little bit in shock, um, you know, that I was calling. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think those things do happen early and in the womb and um, they do get passed down generationally. I, uh, you know, this is a this is a man's man, you know, podcast about man, man. so men, <laughs> men, you know, as you were you were recently posting Roman Empire, you know, sword, <laughs> swords and shields and you know gladiators. I, uh, you know, that's we don't always easily talk about these things. We don't always talk about the holes that are in us. Um, it's not so much that. You know we're prideful men, so we don't talk about these things. You know, a lot of people portray it's it's more of a, eh, it's just kind of not in us a lot of times. Eh, you know we we just we just carry on, carry on forward, and uh, we fight. You know we, we we fight through it and soldier on. And but this is something that I think for adoptees and so and that are out there that are adoptees, they really need to consider because I can tell you, growing up, there were. Moments, there was many, many moments in my life, Nicole, and I've talked about some of these um, privately that I can now look back on and reflect and know that was part of that hole that was here, that the mm-hmm. troubles that I was going through, even in my youth, those, those that was part of what was actually missing here. That was from the adoption. And so some of the choices I then made later in relationships stem from the trauma I had as a child and my friendships and things like that. Which then was, which was truly a result. Uh, all began with that hole that was here. So even though it wasn't like, oh, I have bad relationships with women because I have a bad relationship with my mother or something, you know, like that. There's nothing like that. I have a great relationship with my mother. I had wonderful f- female mentors in my life, um, and so it wasn't like that. It was it was coming from that that hole here, and inadvertently through relationships with friends, guy friends that I had actually impacted me as a child that then led to poor decision-making and relationships uh, here that I, I couldn't account for. I couldn't make that connection. And it wasn't until I reconnected with her and all of a sudden that hole was filled that Mm -hmm. all those pieces came together. I was like, ah, that makes sense. You know, now I got it. And, um, so, you know, fingers crossed that's it's over.
0: This is so beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. What's next for you? I'm
1: going to try to find a gladiator arena. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going to take them on.
0: Grow your hair. The next,
1: <laughs> yeah. I told my son I'm trying to grow the mullet. Um, the, um, you know, what's next, you know, next for me, what's really been great is, I mean, uh, Even with all this going on, uh, work, as you mentioned, as an entrepreneur, work's been had, you know, work's been picking up. I mean, just a lot of things domino, like a domino effect have been coming in, just just starting to pour in almost Mm -hmm. almost It's like drinking from a fire hose of good news for a change. And it's just been a lot of fun. Um, I have a great relationship with my bio mom now. Uh, We, you know, we visit, uh, we visit, you know, well, we text pretty much daily. Um, We try to see each other once a week right now. And, um, I've met her, you know, her sons. I've met, uh, met her husband recently, which as a man, by the way, that was difficult for him. That was a very difficult thing for him. And, um, after 20 minutes of us having a conversation, he was laughing and having fun. And, and then we just, you know, he and I connected and it was great. So, you know, even that, even that for him. Is something that's a recent trauma that he just learned but he's 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 already doing better and so um I think now I'm just gonna go soldier on and have fun. Mm.
0: See what's next. <clears throat> Do you feel like you were chosen?
1: Well I don't know if I was chosen. I jokingly say I think I told you this but just for the honest so uh the name Grant means great. My first name is Jason, which apparently means healer. So I've been told. If mm-hmm. I've got that wrong out there, don't bait up Nicole that I got that wrong. I don't know. This is what I've been told. <laughs> so I used to I used to and I go by my middle name. So I used to people would ask me why I go by my middle name. And I said, because I'm the great healer. That was <laughs> a joke. So I don't know. Maybe it's true. We got a lot of healing going on here. So you mm-hmm. know. Cho- yeah, I don't know, cho- chosen's a big word um about i'm just blessed i'm blessed and and grateful yeah
0: well if you think about who like how you have played such an integral part in all of these people's lives out of nowhere like you came out of nowhere as the healer basically and just like hands on healing with your energy healing all of these people so i know that we talked about the oh, fact uh, that
1: yeah and i I want to come at it from a just a place of a humble spirit in this because um none of this happens without the holy spirit my life god my life christ my life with my relationship with god being able to surrender that to him and he's the healer
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and is he am i you know uh I'm just some rusty tool that he's using to get the job done. He's, he's the the healer and, and uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's been the blessing. That's been the blessing to see that, see that in action and motion. It's been truly a miracle. So I've gotten to witness a real miracle and that's, that's pretty great.
0: Yeah. I mean, I love that we are talking about, you know, there's not a lot of people with a skill set that you have with the background that you have that you have the the ability to support and create those containers of support for adoptees. So I see that in your future
1: <laughs> well, you know I, I would love it because i I think adoptees were kind of a lost cult or lost subculture out there that people don't really think about. We think about a lot of other we think about a lot of other subcategory groups that have struggles um I'm not even going to name any of them because we all know that what you know there's a lot of them out there and mm-hmm. they get a lot of attention and deservedly so they've got some struggles and they got they got real traumas in their life but the adoptee community is kind of when you don't i don't hear about that much as someone's adoptee. once in a while i would meet somebody oh yes i'm adopted too or um so aside from our You know, Facebook chat groups and various places like that. There's just not a lot of, uh, there's just not a lot of places for adoptees to go and express their experience. So, um, uh, as I you and I talked before, um, here's here's how I approach. Here's how I have approached it in the last week. Before, I would say, God, show me the door. I'm gonna, and He would show me the door, and I walk through it. My prayer now is I say God open the door, take me by the hand and walk me through it mm. and, and, and that that's where I am now so so when it comes to you know holding that space or being that person that's has a container for adoptees God'll open the door he'll take me by the hand and he'll walk me through it because I am ready for him to lead
0: mm.
1: so Beautiful, and I can't wait
0: to continue this journey, watching you unfold and and just continue to unravel and just bless your your family with your energy and your yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm just in awe. Obviously, <laughs> this whole entire story, it's just it's really incredible.
1: No, thank you. I, I appreciate the chance. You know, like a. I want to be able to tell more of the story. Now, I would love to tell more of the story, but just for the sake of yeah. others and their privacy and their dignity, I, I think it would be you know be best not to. I think that there'll be a time where we can't. I've seen changes already in a short amount of time um where they're telling me, I really want to talk to this person, or I'm gonna tell these people, or and, and they're starting mm-hmm. to they're all of them are starting to open up more in their own space. Yeah. And, and I think this is something that needs to be a almost a family decision in a sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It affects; it can affect them too, and indir- indirectly. And I and I want to give that. I want to give them that that space.
0: Yeah, because it really hasn't been that long—just a, a few months, <clears throat> right? Since That's, the day you went and knocked on the door of your bio mom, and
1: it's been maybe five weeks.
0: Oh wow. Has it only been five weeks? Oh my gosh. I feel like it's been a couple of months.
1: I don't know. It's gone so by so fast. Maybe if my, yeah. cal- my calendar's off.
0: I know I'll get a text message and I'm like, Oh my goodness. <laughs> what now?
1: <laughs> I, try, I try to figure it out based on how many times my, bi- my bio mom and I have met for lunch or because we usually do it once a week. So I'm like, all right, how many five, five times? <laughs> five weeks. Uh,
0: wow. Yeah. Incredible.
1: Yeah, they're all great, they're they're all great people, and they've all been and they've all been blessed. They came out of very hard circumstances and have risen above.
0: Yeah, yeah. And the healing that has happened across the board is just incredible, it really is. So, how has this experience made you a better man? Since this is the Men Becoming Better Men podcast.
1: Well, <laughs> oh, you know it. I would like to tell you that my ego is softened, but I'm a guy, so no. <laughs> um, the I think it has humbled me spiritually. Um, yeah, it's humbled me spiritually. Is the only way I can say it. It's 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 what it's that expression I said before about I'm not trying to we talk about this and I know you talk about relationships a lot and I think this is where it comes into play in relationship to what you're saying so forgive me I'm trying to contain contain those things because you know guys we can't show emotions so I'm trying to contain but um, I think it's I'm I'm now able to lead because I'm being led by God. When we talk about men being leaders I've always had a relationship with God. As you know, I mean I've I've even preached at times. I've I've done I've had a great relationship with God my whole life. Um I but it's different now. This is something changed and that it's um The idea that, you know, I believe men should be the leaders. I've always, I think I've always told you, we, we, when it comes to the, as you speak of it, masculine, the feminine energies and, and, and how we balance those in each of us. And, and if we want our wives and girlfriends and, or we want to raise daughters or we want, you know, to raise them in a way that. Uh, elevates them to their maximum potential that there is a masculine side of us that has to emerge that's a healthy masculine side of us and and while that's always been part of me and that's uh, you know and partly from how i was raised by my dad my adopted my adopted dad not my biological dad. no anyway, it's always been part of me it's changed because I think before then it was, I felt incumbent upon me to lead. There was a part of me that said, I'm supposed to be the leader. I'm going to lead. I want to lead my family. I need to lead, you know, this, and now it's, I'm not leading. God's leading. He's leading through me. So I'm the one who's led so that I can lead. Mm -hmm. And that's where I've become a better man in this. And, and i think that is the actual biblical structure that is established when god talks about the relationship between men and women which is totally taken out of context all the time and we can say that for a different podcast cuz i'd love to address it someday it's, it's awful there's far there's a tremendous amount of uh, there's a tremendous amount of responsibility placed on the man in god's mind um to do that to lead but we can't lead in we can't lead outside of him and his relationship in our life. When we do it, we we do it, we're leading poorly. And so I live poorly, I think at times, not always, mm-hmm. but at times. And so now I'm just trying to keep myself conscious of the spirits' guiding in my life so I stay in tune with that because it's been so powerful. It's like I don't want to let go of it. And I just want him to keep leading. And it's almost effortless then to lead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not tired. You're not tired when you get home at the end of the day. You're not, you're not too tired when, you know, to, to make time. It's almost effortless.
0: Mm-hmm. Love that. Love that. <clears throat> so thank you. Yeah, it's been really, my, really, really my pleasure. If. And I know that we talked about this beforehand, so I'm not caught catching you off guard. If people did want to get a hold of you, that are adoptees, that would want to connect with you on your story, how can so, they get a hold of you?
1: So the best, yeah, the best way to reach out if you, if anybody just wants to share or have a place to talk or vent or you know straight up complain or celebrate, it's always a good one. We always forget that one. Um, Email is the best way. Uh, it's um, as I said my first name is Jason, so it's J G. Jason Grant, J G. Majors, M-A-G-E-R-S, J-G-M-A-G-E-R-S at me.com. Yeah, Perfect. and um, yeah, I'm happy. I mean, I'm ha- I'm always happy to share or talk to people, and you know, there's no, there's no, uh, I, I've I probably have felt all the same feelings, so there's no, there's no judgment here for sure. But I can tell, I can tell you on the other side of that story, it's it's pretty great.
0: Hmm. Yeah. You have had an amazing journey and, and I know that this is going to become a guidebook for others. That's just how I feel about this journey for you and all the hair on my body standing up.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Well, so all the men out there go out and be led so you can lead.
0: <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, is there any one takeaway that you want to share with the audience and the listeners, anything, it doesn't have to have anything to do with adoptees, just one takeaway.
1: Oh, I'm happy. I'm happy to be here. I don't know takeaways. I think you guys are, uh, I hope I was able to articulate some of this. This, These are complex emotions, complex thoughts. Um, Some of the things, some of the things don't always sound, they don't, they they might, you may not be in the spiritual place where they, they sound like you connect with them yet. I think that's hard for people when we start talking about things like generational curses or, you know, when the spirit's talking to you and you're listening and and allowing him to lead and you're being open to that. Sometimes that's people aren't ready to connect with that. Those are some pretty, those are some pretty, um, can be pretty intense feelings and thoughts. And I don't know that everybody's ready, you know, so I would just encourage everybody to, to try to open your mind and, and, just listen to that small voice in your head, you know, and just start there, just start there and just, and just being subtle and listen. And, um, and if you're not sure, just ask God to reveal it. And I promise you you ask, he will.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. That's beautiful.
0: Yeah. And <clears throat> when you say, I'm going to add a little bit to that. If this is coming across your path and you're an adoptee or you're looking for leadership, from the higher power, from God. Take this as a sign and start to open that door, start to surrender.
1: Wow. Oh, for sure.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, Grant, for joining Grant, us today. Black
1: Roman sword, big guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> big guy. Take on the Lions <laughs> and
1: the Barbarians.
0: <clears throat> Thank
1: you. i a warrior. All right. Yeah, my pleasure.
0: Thank you all of you for joining us today on the Men Becoming Better Men podcast. And before I forget, please like, subscribe, follow, and comment. If you are liking this type of content, please let us know. We want to give you content that you want to listen to. So reach out to our socials. You can find all of the show notes at the bottom and reach out to Bob or myself. And then you can also reach out to Grant if you're feeling a connection to him as well for all of us at the Men Becoming Better Men podcast. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Hello and welcome back to the Men Becoming Better Men podcast. I am your host, Nicole Harmony, and my co-host Bob Wisher is not going to be joining me today because I have a very special guest that I want to introduce you to. He has been on an incredible...